Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Let's Talk Tri-Delta. I'm Karen White, Tri-Delta CEO, and I'm really glad you've tuned in. Today, we're joined by a renowned sister and Tri-Delta woman of achievement. Jerry Sedlar is a motivational speaker, a social researcher, and the author of the nationally acclaimed book, Don't Retire, Rewire. She is a master of retirement life planning and has earned the title of America's rewiring expert. She's interviewed hundreds of professionals, executives, entrepreneurs, partners, and pre-retirees in all kinds of industries about their hopes and their dreams and even their fears about the future. Her message has resonated across the globe in workshops from Dubai to Dallas. And she says people are her passion and she wants to help them get their futures right. Jerry, thanks for being with us on the podcast today. What an honor to, to be with you and spend time today. Oh, Karen, I feel the same way. So thank you for inviting me. Well, you've had a storied career in personal development and transition, and you were also the editor of what was my favorite magazine back in the day, Working Woman Magazine. And you've served as the senior advisor at the conference board on the mature workforce. So you've had you've had quite a few stops along the way. In all of that, why was retiring and rewiring such a standout topic to you that you decided to, to write a book about it? Well, as you kind of said, the the interesting career, and I always love to say it's from Michigan, took me to New York City then for many years. And you're right, when you kind of graduate, you don't know the journey, you don't know the path, but we've probably been doing a lot of rewiring along the way. But Really, I guess it was around the year 1998, 1999, which I know seems like so long ago. But the reality is, I just have always been so involved and, as as you said, passionate about people, helping their growth and development. But I saw maybe a few wrecks that might be coming along the way. And I guess what I really mean by that, Karen, is that people have focused so much on their careers, so much on their professions. They were always hearing about retirement. But personally, I felt too much about the money. Don't, you know, I recognize how important financial security is, but I really thought that people weren't aware that we're still doing life. Um, and so right. all of a sudden it was like, well, where does the life planning come in and when does it come in? And at the time that I was thinking about that, that's also when reports were coming out talking about the fact we're going to be living longer, sure. healthier and younger lives. So I thought, uh-oh, there are really some disconnects here that you could be living to be 100. Right. But if you're retiring in maybe 60 or 65, you got a pretty long runway in front of you. So that's when I said, there's a lot of naivete. And I thought people need to understand what is this historical thing called retirement and how could I give them a new model? And that was rewirement. I I love rewirement. Now you talk about retiring being almost a mourning process tied to maybe our identities that are that were so tied, have been so tied to our careers, right? So talk to me about the mourning process. Oh, sure. Because it's that one thing of people out there, you know, might be saying mourning because, you know, it's really positioned as these golden years and it's the time to do everything. And I agree it is. But what people don't realize to have a new beginning, you have to have had an ending. 
So I always kind of use the analogy, you get a sunrise, but the night before the sun set. So you have to realize whether you're leaving a corporate job, your own business, selling it, it doesn't matter. Something has ended. And if you enjoyed that, you're going to you're going to feel the loss. You're going to mourn it. And even to play that through, not everybody stays in their same community. Right. So all of a sudden when people retire and you think, ah, oh, our best friends and they're, they're moving, they're relocating. And you're like, wow. Or, and this is a hard one to say, people thought that their good friends at work were really good friends. And sometimes you find out they were the work friends. Sure. So What I'm just kind of saying to you now is there's some things just to be aware of a little bit, not to be a a fear or a threatening, but just to say, whoa, this this could happen. And to get people thinking, oh, my gosh, I saw this happen to a friend of mine or my parents or my and, you know, depending upon your age, start thinking ahead is my motto. Well, I mean, those are good words of wisdom right now. Since writing this book, you and your partner, Rick Miner, have written three different editions, right? What made you revise the book three times? What new information, right, has come out? Okay, so I should say first that my co-author, business partner, is also my husband. So (laughs) Rick Miner. And so we always say, if you can, you know, write a book together and still have a great marriage, you're way ahead of the There it is. What happened is when the book came on the screen, as you and I were talking already, we were seeing things about, you know, longevity and, and, you know, the feeling of, you know, people are going to hit the wall. So on the first book or the first edition, I should say, our belief really is just we don't want you just to retire in the old traditional sense. And it was, you know, people will think of it as just the end of work. But the word retire is really a French word. And it just means to almost like leave the battlefield, Mm, come back, get your energy and everything back together to go back again. So we were thinking, okay, don't retire. And rewire is really about electricity, our energy. Because the thing is that no matter what job you leave, and this this applies to uh, not not for profit, you know, corporate, but volunteer as well. And I think that's what people don't don't realize that it doesn't have to be paid work. It could be any type of work, any type of thing going on. That energy that you had is still going through your veins and it needs a new place to go that's going to fulfill you. And we'll talk about that in a minute about fulfillment, because boy, that is one of the biggest things I want to stress. But when the book came out, And uh, this was, you know, early on, first edition was in 2002. So I traveled the country on behalf of a major financial institution, always talking to their clients. And in about uh, 2007, I uh, said to Rick and to our agent, there's a lot of couples out there who are not on the same page and really going across. So the second edition came out and that had additional chapters about couples that they they were picking even something as basic as the wrong time of day to talk to their partner. Somebody was a morning person, somebody was a night person. And then they wondered why they were not getting any kind of resolutions. And I hate to say it, couples and partners and that it's 
there's no easy plan for figuring out your future. So we wanted that to go into the book as well. And then in 2018, a lot had gone on that during the time period of the second edition. And actually, our publisher said, hey, do you guys, have you seen new things? And Trif, yes, we had. And that's where we saw people wanted to work longer. Now, that was a major change. We had more people over the age of 65 in the workplace. Technology was definitely changing. Right. And people were having the guts to say, I don't want to totally get out of the game, but I would like to get out of part of the rat race. And I think, and remember, this was pre-COVID, the question and usage of time Time was appearing in all of my research that people were beginning to say, well, if I had the time, I would do this. And then I I thought, you do have the time. This is when to start planning for all this. So that's really what led to the third edition. So it's um, the foundation and the drivers, which I definitely want to talk to you about, are all there, but it's the additional richness. And one of the unique things about the book is that we, Rick also had had major career in, in professional development, executive coaching, and he really wanted us to look at this and have a format rather than just give people ideas In a way, we wanted to help lead them. And we follow four people through the book because we we really understand that that people we do learn from other people's stories. And the fact that we were able to show these people as they went through their their ups and downs, the challenges, I think that's and we're non-judgmental. You know, we just want you to come out feeling good. We don't have a a plan for everybody. It's your plan. But I think that was a a big part of this as well. And hence why the addition, the additional additions and, and it continues to thrive because more people are retiring or retired already and looking to continue to rewire. Yeah. I love it so much. So, so let's drill down. Let's talk about the drivers. What are the drivers and, and why is it that we have to identify our own? Well, and let me just tell you even how this came on the screen. And I thought, whoa. So very quickly, I had been an executive recruiter, a, a headhunter in the search. So again, always understanding, you know, people as much as I could. And one of my clients one day, he was 59 and he was looking forward, you know, to retiring. And all of a sudden he called me and he said, do you think you're going to have any part-time senior opportunities? And I was like, no, but why are you asking what's up? And he was so excited about retiring, just kind of what you and I were saying. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be fabulous. I'm going to do all these things. But he had been focusing so much on that and getting rid of the budget and the crazy clients and the commute and all these things that he said he came to work one day and he looked around and he said, wow. This is the place where I get my attaboys or for us, our girls. And he said, I'm going to tell you, Jerry, as much as my wife loves me, she is not going to tell me how great I am every day. (laughs) And he realized this this is going to be a problem. And his honesty is what made me say, if he could say that, what what do we all need? And are people going on and saying, sure, I have the finances and maybe what I'm going to do. But we said, 
It's bigger than that. So we did a piece of research across the country and we asked, and we did this on like one-on-ones and focus groups. We just asked one question, why do you or did you work beyond the money? Mm, wow. That, yeah. that was just, we said that that's going to be it. And we got back 85 reasons. And, and I'm not going to deny that some of them duplicate themselves, you know, slightly, but people said, but I want to have accomplishments. I want to belong. Very interesting for us here. Sure. Um, I want to be creative. It was, I want to make a difference. Then some people said, um, I like the power. Mm. Oh, my right. Wow. Yeah. I like be a leader. And that's what all of a sudden what Rick and I discovered is that we don't care what drives you, but we do care that you know mm-hmm. what drives you before you get to this next act. Because, you know, in the workplace, there is career pathing. There are ladders, whether you're an entrepreneur, there's still a structure. This next act is can be, for many, a blank screen. So rather than just coming out of the gate and saying, this is what I'm going to do, we want people to really narrow this down. And we take them through this in the book, their top five drivers. Because those really are our, I like to call it our personal DNA. That's Mm -hmm. our personality. To give you an example, I have a belonging driver. So I I guess it's it's the pride of being here today, you know, and talking to you. And, you know, with, with my sisters, it may, and it's just key. I also have a make a difference driver, which ties, you know, in with this. But one of mine is I love continuous learning. So those are some of the things that you have to make sure. As you begin to plan to create your new life portfolio, you know, it's a cheap way, this book, to find out what makes you tick. (laughs) What gives you your buzz? Like somebody said, wow, Jerry, it's better than going to a shrink. And I said, well, it's kind of a mini version, (laughs) right? This is part of personal growth. And then the interesting thing really is to take a look at your work today. Yeah. Do it like if you're... If you're listening right in your 30, 40, 50, or you're 70, and say, why do I love what I'm doing? Yeah. 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 And then, and then also, whoa, why do I really dislike it? Right. And see where in your life your those drivers are being fulfilled. Because for many people, when you all of a sudden think about the future, you could be looking at an empty calendar. Mm-hmm. And that calendar yeah. might have removed activities. But it might have removed activities that gave you great fulfillment. And that's why the first chapter of the book is called Flunking Retirement. (laughs) You hate to say it, but a lot of people were doing life 24-7. And, you know, and, and, and since COVID, there's been so many other types of things on the screen that I just want to make sure that people are looking inward before they look outward, because to me, it is about our self-preservation. Yeah. And in, especially now, I'm going to add something. I just came on a, another piece this morning. I, I'm going to bring up the word sandwich generation. Right. Because this is a lot going on. And I'm sure that our Tridel sisters and ourselves are going through it, not only with the children or grandchildren, but because of this longevity, you sure. still parents. Right. So some of us really as boomers are getting caught right in the middle. 
So you do have to know what really does drive you so that when you need your own respite, you got to make sure you're really going to a place, literally, figuratively, whatever, that's going to fulfill your soul. So my whole thing is that I hate the word busy. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody can be. But my feeling is I want the two F words. I want fun and however you define and fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. And those those are two of the things. I think that's that's what in a way Delta had meant to me on some levels those years ago. But it's also what I'm aspiring to and wanting to now as well. Yeah. I love so, it. I love it so much. Two very powerful F words, as you say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's explained that we rewire to something in the book. And so tell me sort of how we harness our energy that way. And then, and what's the, what's the why there? Uh, this is where I think why you have to know the drivers. And that's why we really take it through a very logical process because so many people will, some people do have dreams that they're bringing into this next step. I'm going to write the great American novel. I'm going to take right. a painting again. All those are great because those are kind of passions of the past that right. are going to continue. And I, and I love that other people know I want purpose and, you know, I'm going to get back. Maybe they didn't have the time to be as hands-on in the past, but now they really can be, but I don't want people just to rush into taking something because they've looked at that calendar and it's empty. So I call right. it fear of the white space. <laughs> yes. And, and, and this, I've seen people make so many mistakes because they just rush to something because, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my time? Because you've been so, so encumbered or have, the, you know, all the responsibilities of work. Scheduled. We've been so scheduled. Over, that's it. <laughs> and so now you go and you pull it apart and those things are gone. Many people will look and be overjoyed. Now I can just begin to build back. But other people will not know what to do with themselves or their time. And that's when they make the mistake. So I want people to say, okay, I am retiring from my organization, my even a key role, a leadership role on, on, on a board or whatever. Right. right. You're going to have that additional energy now and thinking and, and time. But you could also say, oh, I, I really got a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment. I'm going to I'm going to mourn it. Right, See, right. Yep. There, we tie back to that. So what rather than just rushing to something and add something new, this is the time to really be thoughtful. And, you know, and I, I guess the thing that I will say, and in a way, maybe, sorry, I really haven't stressed it as much as I'm going to right now. I don't care how busy we are here. Begin to develop some interests, interests that really have legs to them. Because somebody said, Jerry, if there's one Gene, one word you would want to give us. I say it's curiosity. Right. Yeah. To me, people used to say, oh, you're going to say positive mental attitude. I said, no, I'm actually going to say curiosity. Because when people say, oh, I don't have a passion, Jerry, I'll say these start out sometimes as small ideas, little acorns, big oaks. Right. Same thing here. And that's, I think, one of the things people don't realize. But it's also going to be up to them. We use the word networking all through. Guess what? This next act, you're going to look for connections. But if you have interests, you're going to have the chance to explore them. That's the rewiring too. Mm -hmm. And 
My belief is you can rewire as many times depended upon as much imagination that right. you have. Right. Because the future really is about ages and stages. It has been all the way in the past. So 50 is going to be different than 60, than 70. And as it was when you turned 16 and then 21. 20. So it is that wonderful life cycle. It's just in this next act we're more in control of it as we can be. So Jerry, writing this book, (laughs) what lessons did you gain, right? From actually writing, don't retire, rewire. I I discovered, I I, yes, I call myself, it's a social researcher, but deep down I'm a voyeur. (laughs) (laughs) All the way through, I've always been passionate about people. And, and, and truly, I, uh, I thought I would become a psychiatrist. Didn't go that route, but it's still in my blood. And yeah. I think this is something that I really love. Even though you write the book, boy, you don't have all the answers. <laughs> I don't think that you can really experience life, especially some of this, until you really get into it. You can, it's like going on, on that trip and you pack in those bags, you do everything right but there are going to be so many different things that that come around. So it made me realize two things that we can control in life. And that's it. Yeah. Our attitude mm-hmm. and our effort, period. Yeah. Nothing else. And I think that's what I have really seen. I think the other is doing all the research. Boy, people are on every point of the spectrum. Yeah. And I... I hope that people will be able to get their dreams out and on the table. And because one of the things that I I definitely, I've used the word curiosity, get your interest, which I would have stressed more. But the other thing I think I would have said is do your heavy lifting earlier. Mm. And what I mean by that is when somebody said to me, well, I'm going to walk the Great Wall of China when I'm 80. Well, let me say two things. I'm not sure if you're traveling over (laughs) to China anytime soon. And second, who's to say you're going to be able to really maneuver it in the way you would like? So I guess I learned about planning as well as postponing and procrastinating. Even though people say, I don't have to plan the future, it'll evolve. I guarantee it will. I want I want it to evolve and fulfilled with the things I want in it. Yeah. And that's a key. And, and I also something we didn't touch on in the book, but boy, I would have put it in that couple section. Not every couple is going to want to do everything together, even in terms of travel. Yeah. And I'll never forget when I was, you know, traveling the country and, you know, somebody asked the question, well, if your spouse doesn't want to do this with you and you want to do it alone, does that mean your marriage isn't good? And I looked at her and I thought, (laughs) wow, people will ask authors anything. But I said, first, only you can address that. that It's like it doesn't mean I don't love you. It means, hey, if you're not interested in English country houses, but I am, you go and do what you want. Yeah. Let me go do this and we'll figure it out. And I know that seems so obvious, but it isn't always. And people are Elizabeth, you know, a little bit hesitant. I would say that. I would also say the role of grandparenting is interesting. I don't have children, so I'm not a mom or a, a grandmother. But I think that is a role that people love until they don't. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's another layer to a planful future, right? I mean, talk about the things you can't necessarily control, right? Right, um, right. So that's right. another layer as you're rewiring, right? Yeah, it really is. And, and I think that's the word too that I, I've learned. People may have their dreams, but they also have responsibilities. Yeah. And you have to, I think, in your soul, know what it is that you really want and what you're willing to go uh, to the mat on. Sure. And your non-negotiables, right, Jerry? That's it. And I think, and I say this, and this goes back, boy, to my days as editor-at-large of Working Woman. You know, women will always put, not I I hate pejoratives, but our needs more on the bottom of the the roster. Absolutely. And I don't want to say you get to a certain age where you've got more behind you than you do in front of you because you've got all this fabulous past and you, you know, but you know, what's really, as you just said, that's a non-negotiable that you really, you really want to do. If you had a dream and said, I've always wanted to do this, there's the time. What's stopping you? I, I always said, and here, here's, you know, an, an idea for a new bumper sticker, get out of your own way. Yes, because if we're driving and we see that on a bumper sticker in front of us, then yeah. all of us going to resonate because sometimes it's us right. we'll put up our own obstacles. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is not the stage of life life for the perfectionist either. I mean, <laughs> we you know you made it this far. You weren't a perfectionist. It's okay. Um, but I, you know. I think that's part of it too. So yeah, these were some of the things I think that not only did I learn um, writing the book, but even the, all the, the programs, the speeches afterward, yeah. and that people, you know, come up to you and the things they ask you and the things they, they share with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, you know, what we're doing today is just so key because we're, we're together. We're kind of letting it all loose and say, well, yeah that around at 20 and we talked about this oh this is what we should be doing now and and really seeing what's it going to look like taste like feel like and how are we all going to be there for each other because we all won't be um you know on this earth forever so there are going to be other kind of losses and everything that come up as well and you know that that's a part of this too it's that's why i always say on the rewiring there are like nine boxes of our lives where we can rewire the obvious work and play, but I'm also going to bring up like relationships. Yeah. And I have really just, you know, seen that and, and people going back into their past and, and the importance of relationships. And I will say that it is the Harvard study. I think it's the longest longitudinal study um, that has been going on and really talked about the power of the relationship, whether it's as the couple, but the power of your friendships. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Right. And even though COVID, yes, it's tough and, and, and everything, yeah. it forced us into that Zoom situation yeah. that, you know, it that, that if maybe just the positive part of it, that you just didn't be on the phone with friends, but you were physically, you know, seeing them also. So that to me was a little bit of an yeah. A little silver lining to preserve the connection and preserve the friendship yeah. right, in as much real time as we could. Right. And all yeah. that. Craziness. So, you know, given that, right, given your last edition in 2018, here we're sitting in 2023, what does the retirement landscape look like in 2023? But this is when I really wish I had a crystal ball. Well, (laughs) I think that 
Certainly the one thing we always talk about is the financial part of it. And I think be wise, be smart. And because that's certainly one thing that is out of our control. But I think it's really um, talking about talking to yourself Mm -hmm. and having those dreams, sharing them if there is another half. Also, children can be on your team or not. (laughs) Um, Self-interest governs. I do think the looking for purpose is going to be an interesting thing. But somebody gave me a great line. She said, play with purpose. And I thought, oh, that's going to be another interesting thing, too. We've definitely seen an increase with um, that with the kind of concept of fun and pleasure. And and I think that's probably going to continue. I think this whole future of work is changing the dynamic because this is the greatest number of people over the age of 65 we have working right now. We'll probably see that continuing, not just because there is the need, but because longevity is real and can't guarantee who's going to get it. But 3 million baby boomers right now are projected to live to be 100. And so, you know, you have to think about that. Is that me? So I guess what I'm going to say, too, is don't shortcut yourself is what I'm saying to people. Don't go, well, I'm going to do this before I get sick. Hey, guess what? A lot of diseases are being either eradicated or they're not all the chronic fatal. So push yourself. I had a great one, a guy the other day at 72, and he was saying, I want to go back to school, get my master's in history. Yeah. that I wanted to do it. But all of a sudden, when I was younger, I got married, I went into banking and here I am. He was telling some of his guys over a lunch group, which I will share with you. They're called the Romeos, retired <laughs> old men eating out. <laughs> That's awesome. He said, I'm going to go. I can do this. And I said, why? You're 72. By the time you get out, you'll be 74, maybe 75. He said, so what? I'm going to be 74, 75 anyway. This way I'll have a master's. I love that. That's the way to be thinking. Because the whole thing on, on rewiring, it's got the health benefits. It's got the cognition. So those are some of the things when we talk about that landscape changing. I think the, the roles of technology and AI, yeah, we're going to have to be on our toes, you know, even more. But I think if we want to stay in the game, we have to be sincere and say, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. And I think you're going to maybe even see some generational partnering on businesses because maybe that silver haired person partnered with somebody younger. I think you've got a good, you know, team going there. Let's face it, the boomer retirements you're going to be seeing more and more. But I, I will say one, one thing, though, that I do want people, I know some people will say, I don't want to hear the plan, Jerry. I, I don't want to think planning. Yeah. And I'm, I'll let you off the hook for a while, but I also just don't want to see a complete decline or just sitting in front of the TV. I am picking that up across the country. Now we all partied hardy in the past, and uh, and I do see a lot of that going on now too. And I'm all for good times, but I think that that does have to be managed. Also, you know, maybe too too much drinking or whatever. But I think sometimes it's because if people don't know what they want to to do, yeah. Um, and I say this is a time just to let the kite out. Yeah. Okay go wild. Women will will always show our vulnerability. I yeah. think that men, 
mm, you know, they don't like to be a beginner. So I, I will only say this to all of us. And that is the word I have discovered. Do not say to a male friend, spouse, bro, whatever. You should volunteer. Mm. They do not like the word volunteer. Interesting. Coach, be on a board, mentor. Yeah. Of those kind of volunteer, the perception is that's what we do. Oh, interesting. So I think that so when, you know, if we're all smart and we're, you know, kind of challenging the the male and what level in our life, don't say, oh, you should volunteer because all of a sudden it's like, no. Yeah. But we think you'd be great on that. Maybe you should co-chair this. Why don't you start? Because remember, it all ties back to your drivers. Right. Right. And that's it. If you want to be a problem solver, if you want to be recognized, if you want to be valued, sometimes you're not going to find what you want in this next act. You might have to create it yourself. So many words of wisdom in here. Jerry, I know that listeners of all ages that listen to Let's Talk Tri Delta can really benefit from the content of your book. You said it's never too early, right? Right. right. Um, Where can they find you? And more importantly, where can they buy the book? Well, let's see. So, um, you know, our website is obviously www.don'treturewire.com. The book is on Amazon. My email is in the book. So, you know, we're all sisters in the bond here. So if uh, somebody wants to uh, connect with me, the only thing that I always ask people, though, is before they give me a ring, make sure you've worked through the book and know your drivers, because that's a way to show me I really do care about my life because why should I take the time if you haven't said these are my top five drivers? So that's all I ask. And uh, are you kidding? Delta, Delta, Delta. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and you know, when you think about it, what is the Delta? Delta stands for change. Does change and growth. Right. Change and growth. So, I mean, it's it's kind of, I guess, all those years ago, I should have known I would be in the area of change and growth. And here we are today. <laughs> Jerry, you've been so generous with your time and your wisdom. I do hope people will read this book and do the pre-work right before they reach out to you. This is just good stuff. Thanks again for joining us today. And please come back and visit us again. I love it. (laughs) Thanks so much, you guys. (laughs) Thank you. So huge thanks to the amazing Jerry Sedlar for being our guest today. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more from Jerry very soon. So you all stay tuned. Read the book. Don't retire. Rewire. And don't forget to send us any podcast ideas that you'd like to hear. Email us at podcast at trideltaeo.org. And of course, please like, subscribe, and rate our podcast. We love five-star ratings at Let's Talk Tridelta. Thanks again for talking Tridelta with us today. Join us next time. Stay safe and bring you.